0: Today on the podcast, we interviewed Ivan McFarlane of uh, Oklahoma State Basketball History, and we had a great time with him. Uh, he came on uh, before we started, though, and we did not get to our uh, Coop Aleworks sponsor read, so I'm going to read that right now. It's time for the Coop Aleworks Guest of the Week. Coop Aleworks, bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing horning Toad Blonde your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. And uh yeah, Carson is going to uh, intro us right into Ivan McFarland. So I hope you guys enjoy.
1: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Today we have a special guest, one of uh, my all-time faves, uh, Ivan McFarland. IMac is joining us on the podcast. Ivan, first, thanks for joining us and just. Why don't you let us know uh, what you're up to these days?
2: Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, but these days, I am um, pretty much just um, looking to train kids as much as I can. Um, I have probably about four or five kids that I train throughout the Oklahoma area. Um, and then also, um, I have my, my own kids that I train as well, Um, but they're only eight and six, but I'm trying to get them ready, (laughs) and um, just um, trying to do whatever I can um, around Stillwater. Um, From time to time, I go up to the arena and just try to see the guys practice and talk to them just to uh, just keep their um, head in the right direction and just uh, let them know that we're behind them. And this season has been um, pretty up and down, but all the players have been playing hard, they've been working hard, so I'm proud of every one of them. So pretty much that's what I'm doing these days, and hopefully by the end of this year or the end of this summer, I can be um, a teacher and a coach and I can uh, teach uh, teach kids in school and also be a coach at the same time.
0: You were you were one of many guys from the kind of early two thousands teams that ended up playing professionally, both uh, overseas and and also in the NBA a little bit. What was that experience like, and and what was your biggest takeaway from uh, having played professionally?
2: Well, playing in college um, really. Um show me just the you know, the standards of uh, what I needed to do uh, when I got to the next level obviously working hard um you know practicing as um as hard as I can, making sure that I could work on my craft um but at the same time getting me get me ready for the next level and I felt that once I got to the to the professional levels uh playing n b a and overseas um it was it was a different it was a different uh a different perspective um I'm selling myself now and I have to uh, make sure that I'm on top of my game because even though I'm if even though I'm playing for one team um, there are different different obstacles that come up and there are other teams that are looking at you so you have to be ready for that and I felt that um just me being at college and me being talking to my coaches and um them letting me know what's expected you know when you get to the next level and um, you know now all things are guaranteed, but um, you always gotta make sure that your um your resume, as they say, is always good for the next next person to hire you and I felt i have done that pretty good for about 10 years uh, playing NBA uh, and overseas. So um, it really gets you ready for the next level. It really gets you ready for in terms of life um, and how you have to take care of yourself. Um, because once you go overseas or once you play NBA, uh, you're pretty much on your own until, you know, you, you get married or you have kids. So um, it's a really, uh, humbling experience. Uh, I think I was able to handle it uh, pretty well.
1: What was it like? Uh, you spent some, You spent a season with the uh, 76ers. What was it like being in, in the big leagues, being at the show with all the uh, NBA guys? What was that like for you? Uh,
2: it, it was fun. Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, athletes that want to make it to the NBA, and um, I wish them all the success they can to make it there. Uh, when I when I got to the NBA, um, it was a pretty tricky uh, path. Um, I I had to really work hard. Um, there were a couple of times that you know you do summer leagues and you know you got to that last that last cut and then, and then they cut you and then you have to stop back over from uh, square one. And when I played with the Seventy Sixers, um, it was a great experience for me. Just to talk, just to talk with uh, veterans like Chris Webber and Allen Iverson and, and um, Andre Andre Iguodala at the time, and um, just to get their feedback and on, you know, how how you should carry yourself, how the NBA is. And you know, a lot of people say a lot of different things about it, but um, when As long as you take care of your business, um, do what you're supposed to do and, um, be a great teammate and work the hardest you can, um, you'll have a great career in the NBA. Um, and they, you know, they taught me a lot of great things, just, um, just not on the the court, but off the court as well, how to, to, uh, present yourself, how to carry yourself around other people, um. And how to represent
0: uh, the organization? So
2: I learned. I learned a lot um, playing with those guys.
0: Who's the guy that when you got to the professional level, you either went up against or, or guarded or whatever, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's, this guy's pretty good." I, I didn't see a lot of guys like this in college. Who do you remember from that time that was kind of at that level that that you were unaccustomed to?
2: Um. I had, okay, I, probably, I, I, I think the first person that I played against that I thought, wow, like watching him on TV, um, he's amazing. But when I got to play against him one-on-one, it was even like it was something that I would never dream of doing was playing against Kevin Garnett. Um, Kevin Garnett was one of my – uh role models when I was growing up playing basketball and um, I remember when he was playing with the Timberwolves and you know just all the energy that he brings to the court and I was like man I love him I I, I want to play against him someday and I got my chance to play against him I actually got to uh, guard him a couple of plays and um, that was pretty exciting to me and uh, I've never I would never forget that moment, and then the other I think the other two was um uh, me playing against elton brand um me being a big guy, I thought I was pretty big, but when you play against elton brand <laughs> um, <laughs> elton Brown's you know he was he's a good six nine six ten um big guy he's really strong and um, I got caught up on the switch and I had to guard him on a one-on-one. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think after that one uh, possession, I was I was pretty uh, tired out because he just kept um, backing me down. He missed the shot, though, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty tough. And um, I think the last person um, that I played against in the NBA um, that I'll never forget was just being able to play against the, just the Miami heat as a uh as a team uh, I still tell people that to this day that I set a screen on dwayne Wade um, <laughs> uh, Alonzo, <laughs> That's awesome. Alonzo morning was Alonzo Mourning was guarding me um on one possession and this is these are veteran guys and um it was you know it's it was great uh just to be able to play against um those guys and i never forget those moments
1: those are great memories man a, a, yeah. a lot of our listeners of course remember you from your your time at oklahoma state you played on some just unbelievable teams you made the final four i mean it was so much fun i was in school at the time it was so much fun to, to go to every game and watch you guys play just what was that ride like for you being on that team how good you guys were just what was that like for you
2: uh it, it was a blast man i, I That's probably one of the top teams that uh, I've played on for a long time. And uh, I've played on some pretty good teams. You know, high school, AAU, um, you know, obviously NBA and then some uh, overseas teams. But, I mean, this team, you just just can't replace this team. Um, You know, obviously playing with – Tony Allen and, and John uh, John Lucas, um, you know, two tenacious uh, guys. Um, they gave it hundred um, percent. Playing with the twins, playing with Joey Graham, um, playing with Daniel Bobek and Stevie Graham. I mean, those guys. Um, they and you know, we 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 knew what our path was, and we pushed each other every day. In um, practice, to get better, and um, those guys were great. I mean, everybody—Terrence, uh, Terrence Crawford, um, you know, Spoon, Jason Miller, um, France, um, you know, David Mons, you know, just all those guys on that team. Um, we pushed each other to get better, and I mean, you just can't replace that team. Um, that was a that was an awesome team. You know, obviously. Um, we was one game away from the final game, but, um, I cherish all those memories. I mean, that was a, that was a great team to be on.
0: Who do you still keep in touch with from your college days? And when, whenever you guys were in school, did you ever think Tony Allen would be the one that would have a a 15 year, essentially NBA career?
2: Uh, I, I thought that Tony would probably be the one with the longest just because of, um, you know, the team that he went to, um, which was Boston and, um, just the type, the style of play that they, um, you know, that they play fits Tony pretty well. And I think that him being also surrounded by a good, uh, supporting cast, um, you know, I I figured he was going to be in for a long time. And, um, and then also, um, you know, John was in the league for a pretty good while. And, um, you know, John, you know, John was, he was a real good point guard. Um, he can score, but he also know how to run, run the team. And, um, he had a lot of experience, um, growing up, uh, playing ball, you know, with his father and, um, I knew he was gonna have a good career in the league. Um Joey had a good career in the league too. So I I mean I, I knew Tony was out of everybody, um, just because of how um just his his place at how he plays and how hard he how hard he plays, real good defender on defense. So um I'm I'm very happy for him that he's been in the league that long because um it kind of lets all of our younger cowboys that's playing basketball now just let them know that you know if you take care of your body if you work hard um come to practice every day and do what you do best you can be in the league a long time so um i'm very happy for him um, making it that long
1: being in school and watching you guys play i think we all kind of thought that like Eddie was kind of a game manager type and it it appeared from afar that, that Sean was the one doing kind of the X's and O's on the whiteboard. Can you kind of just describe the, the, the way they coached you guys and then give me your best Eddie story after that as well. Uh, well, like you
2: said, um, Sean was more of the, the, the X and O guy. Um, he's the one that had the, had the plays and, Ran the right plays for the right guys to get them in their spots. Um, you know, Coach Sutton was more um, of the psycho, uh, psychological coach. <laughs> um, he he really made you he really made you think. Uh, and what I mean is, um, today in today's world, uh, if a coach if a coach asks you, you know, why'd you do that for? And, you know, if you would try to explain your reasoning why you did that, okay, that's wrong. It, it, it don't matter if you have a – you might think you have the right answer, but it's still wrong because that's not what the coach wants. And that's what – when we were playing, you know, if if, if a mistake happened, Coach said would be like, what did you do that for? And there will be times that I was say, well – the play broke down, and, and the, play broke, the play broke down, so I had to do something else. He was like, no, 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 don't do that. Run the play. <laughs> if you run your play, you do what you're supposed to do. If if the other player doesn't do what they're supposed to do, let me get on them. And that really went a long way with me, like, just in terms of not only basketball, but life. Um. If your boss tell you to do this, you only do what your boss tell you to do. You don't go and try to do something else on your own because if you do that, then you're going to get a chewing from your boss because he didn't want you to go that far. He didn't want you to do that yet. He wants you to learn each thing step by step. And um, that's how Coach Sutton was. I mean, he's a real, real tough guy, but he really made you think and um with the other, you know just with the other coaches, like coach coach Dickey he was more of a um he'll break it down for you like okay you didn't do you didn't do this play but this is what you can do on the next play <laughs> like on the next play and you know, on the next play so he was kind of like that that coach that just made us um not to get us down but to say hey there's a lot of time left in the game let's keep playing um and you know just with with those three, and obviously um, we had, um, you know, Coach Cyprian Coach and we had some of the assistant coaches that have been there, um, like Coach uh, uh, Rutherford. They knew what it what it takes to get there because they've been there. And we haven't been there before, so they knew the little things that we had to do. So we were getting we were just getting different different pieces from from each coach um and that helped us um a long way in our final four runs so um it was real good to have all those guys um as for eddie Sutton's story um man oh my goodness (laughs) um i remember um we had a, I had one good one. It was was playing against U and LV, um, and we had this um, this board called a charge board. So obviously, if you draw a charge, um, you know you put a put a point on your on your name for the charge. And <clears throat> I remember I, I had four charges in that game, and um, they normally didn't give out game balls. At that time, but I remember he, after the game, he, was, he came up. He was like, I got a game ball for <laughs> Ivan, the warrior, drawing four charges in one game. And then everybody was like, um, you know, real cheering for me and everything. And, you know, that was, that was a big accomplishment for me at that time because it, it was real hard to get charges um, in college basketball. You just got You got to time yourself right and being in the right spot at the uh, right time. And um, I think one – oh, man. The only – I mean, I have, like, I have so many. Um, I think the the one that I can remember forever is um, when we played against BYU. And um, we got out-rebounded. Basically, by one guy, he almost like I, I, I rebounded us um, by himself, and um, Coach Sean was like, uh, he was pretty upset. And then uh, Coach Eddie came in, and he was just like, "You try to tell me that this guy I rebounded the whole team," and uh, we were just like, "Oh man!" And I remember on the way back. Um, coach Sean and coach a was in the front seat. We were all getting out, getting ready to head to our dorms. And, um, you know, coach Sean said that y'all better be ready for practice tomorrow. It's going to be shoulder pads and helmets. And, um, I was like, I was like, you know, me, I was like, whatever. I, I don't, I don't know that's going to happen, but it happened the next day. Um, The next day, it was, you know, chaos, and, um, you know, we had helmets on. We were doing suicides. We were doing, uh, you know, defensive drills. We were doing charge drills. Uh, It was just a total total mess, but it made us stronger, and uh, it made us um, come together as a team after that day. So those are my two stories.
0: You guys had some uh, unbelievable games that that are still memorable. Uh, all you know, mm-hmm. how many years later—ten, 12, 13 years later—the um, ones that stood out to me. I'm, I'm looking through the 04 schedule. Uh, you guys beat Kansas at home. I'm pretty sure that was Big Monday Yeah, it was Big Monday. You just house Kansas mm-hmm. by twenty. Uh, there was yeah. the Texas game at home, and they were ranked tenth, and I think that was to clinch the Big Twelve title. And yeah. then obviously the, the NCAA tournament games, the Memphis game where, uh, Joey Graham, uh, I think, I think killed someone with, with the dunk that he had <laughs> in the lane. And, and <laughs> yeah. then, and then the mm-hmm. St. Joe's game and the Georgia tech, obviously I was at the Georgia tech game. What, what of those games? And even into Oh five, you guys had some really fun games. I, I think you guys, uh, let's see here. Lost to Kansas when they were ranked eighth, but it was at Allen Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. and it was a two point game. It was, it I remember that being a phenomenal game. What were the ones that, that stood out to you that you still remember all these years later? Oh man. Um, well, the first
2: game that I can remember is my, my first game, my first game, um, uh, in Gallagher, Iowa, as a freshman, um, I remember that game um, vividly because um, I didn't I didn't think that I was going to be starting in that game as a as a freshman, and for me to be able to start that game as a freshman, um, and we had some real we had some real good guys on that team um, on our team that year, and just for me to be able to start that game. Was uh was special to me. Um, so that game there, I can remember, I remember that. Um, like it's yesterday playing against Cincinnati. Uh, that was a real big game there. Uh, obviously, um, me playing against uh, Oklahoma, um, beating them here in Gallagher in my freshman year um, in overtime, just like how we beat them this year in overtime. Um, oh man, that was a good game. Uh, what else? Um, oh my
0: goodness! That game, in, uh, in, like in, you said, the t- That game, your freshman year against OU, they were ranked fourth in the country. Yes, and, they were. And you guys beat them seventy-nine, seventy-two. Who was on that OU team, Carson? Do you remember?
2: Um, oh, it was. Uh, it was you had Hollis Price on that yeah. team. Yeah, you had um, Aaron McGee at the time. I can't think of nobody. I can uh, I think A B a. R I was on that team. Uh, a. B., uh, so they had that. Their team was loaded. Jabari that Brown. Jabari Brown, yeah.
0: yeah. We were able to be yeah. there.
2: Yeah. So that, that I mean that team was a real good team. Uh, we were able to pull that off. Um and then obviously Southern Illinois, um, two thousand five year when we played Southern uh uh Southern Illinois at the fourth center. Um that was very special um to me just for me to be able to play well um in front of our uh fans um in Oklahoma City.
0: Um, you had uh you had thirty one six six boards, two assists and three steals. It's a pretty good game. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that OU team yeah. that OU team made yeah. the final four that year, by the way. That was the year that OU. Yeah, they final did.
0: Four. Didn't they lose yeah. to uh to Stevie franchise? They lost
1: to Sarah.
2: They lost to uh Indiana. That year. They lost to um um
1: In, it was Indiana. It was they when lost Mike Mike Davis was it was yeah, Mike Davis that's was it. coach. Yeah, uh, Maryland Maryland won it that year. They were probably gonna lose to Maryland who had Steve Francis and all those monsters over them on the other side. But they it was an upset. They lost to Indiana who was coached by uh, Mike Davis at the time.
2: Yeah. That was a that was a tough year. And I mean, there's so many games. Like I it's I mean, us me, playing against Syracuse in the uh second round and um playing against Carmelo Anthony at the time was a freshman and you know what he's um, developed into now as a great player um, you know we had him down by seventeen and came back and beat us yeah um, that's a game oh, i, I remember yeah. yeah, and um obviously St Joe's game that was an awesome game uh for us to get to the final four um, I mean that's just so that's so many uh
1: I just looked up a picture, Ivan. Uh, it's you holding out your jersey after you beat St. Joe's, and Jameer Nelson sitting on the floor like two feet away from you. What,
0: <laughs> what oh, do
1: you yeah. What do you remember about the the timeout before that play and just being on the court for that play? It's one of the most, if not the most iconic play in OSU basketball history. Uh,
2: I you know all I remember was, you know, Coach Coach drew the play, um, and we wanted to uh get Joy the shot because he had a mismatch and um you know, things happen and you know, he he stumbled, lost the ball. Luckily John was in that area to hit that shot and um I I remember vividly, like I was under the goal when um when he when John little John shot the ball and then went in, I was like, oh man And you always have that instant that we want to get excited and celebrate, but we still had time left and uh, we had to run back and play defense. And, um, I mean, it, it, it was shocking because we've been, the thing is, is everybody's been talking about it all week. Like, you got a chance to go to Final Four. You got a chance to get to the, to the Final Four. And, um, I remember, um, um my mom calling me on the phone and she said that um just focus on the game. You know, it's gonna be a lot of people um telling you that, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go to the final four but you gotta play the game and um I mean that was a pretty intense uh week. But for us to win that game, I mean it was crazy. That's that's all I mean. Like in the timeout, ran the play. Um you know, it was supposed to go go to Joey. He lost the ball. It went to Little John. Little John hit a <laughs> hit a, a big shot, and, you know, the rest is history. Um, you know, thanks to Daniel. Thanks to Daniel uh, for playing good defense and you know, getting the hand up
1: to test the shot, and it was just short. Yep. All right, Ivan, I appreciate your time. Now we're going to get you out one last question here. You, you're still okay. in Stillwater. You've been going to games just – uh, the final question I have for you is: What do you think of Mike Boyton? That I know you guys have have met and and talked, and just what do you think about him as a coach and the job he's doing in Stillwater? Uh, well,
2: okay. with um, with Coach Mike, with Coach Boyton, um, I I think personally he's doing a fantastic job this year. Um, it, it's it's been kind of a, a a roller coaster ride uh, the last, you know, two or three years, and um, you know, at at that time, you know, nobody didn't really know who to who to trust at that time. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of people. You know, say that it was just kind of hard because after the final four year, um, you know, just kind of hard getting back. And I understand that um, after those years. Um but I think with Coach Mike being Coach Mike Borton being here, um the the guys um really adapt to him. Um they believe in him. Um he really uh emphasizes defense um to the to the kids and, and they and they and they respond to him. Um I you know, I think ever since he was hired, um, he's been very supportive of the alumni, um, getting everybody back, and just making sure that um, it's not about it's not about us. It's about the guys before us, and it's about you. It's about the alumni. It's about you guys setting the foundation for for us. And I really think he's done a great job of. Um, doing that and um, I mean it's been a real you know the season has been up and down um you know a couple of players been getting injured um he doesn't make that as an excuse um he still um, pushes his guys to be better um, every day um, and I've been fortunate enough to go to some to some practices and I've been to to some of the games this year and the guys really work hard they really Work hard, and they understand, um, you know, the importance of of them playing basketball for for Oklahoma State, um, and just the things that we've been through. So I I, I think he's done a great job um, being coach this year, and um, I hope he continues to be here for a little bit longer. And obviously, um, you know, we're going to get. Um, more players back and um, they're going to be a whole lot better and and, going to be stronger so I really like what he's doing this year Um, and it's going to be a real tough game against uh, Kansas coming up but I think that um, he's going to have those guys prepared for for that game
1: for sure. Yeah. Ivan, mean, we, we appreciate your time, man. And I know you played with some great players. Like we mentioned, Tony, John Lucas, the Grams and all that. But yeah. you are still among the fan favorites. You you, yep. you might be the most favorite player on that team. So I, I know <laughs> those guys may have played longer in the league. But, for instance, my sports director at Channel 5 just quote tweeted me. I said we were having you on the podcast. He said, my favorite college basketball player ever. My buddy sent me a voicemail the last time he was introduced on senior night since I couldn't be at gallagher So... Just oh know, gosh. just just know, you were uh, you were a fan favorite, and we really enjoyed uh, talking with you today. All right, thank you so much, Kyle, and thank you, Carson. Man. I appreciate it a lot. No problem. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll we'll talk to you again later in the season. How about that?
2: All right. Yep. Yeah, that's that's fine. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Ivan. Talk to you later. All right. See you. All right. Bye.
0: <laughs> well, that was amazing. <laughs>
1: That was a, uh, that was a bucket list podcast there. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, I was a student for that entire run of 04 four, oh5, you were two, and just God, that team was so much fun. And th- the thing is, they knew they were going to kick people's asses every night, and there was nothing the other team could do about it. And it was so much fun showing up to Gallagher with not an empty seat in the house, knowing that they were going to win by 20. Like th- those, were, those were the days, and it was really awesome to hear his stories from from being on the team.
0: I could have gone down a early 2000s box score rabbit hole for (laughs) probably like two hours.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I remember.
0: Steve Francis was not on that O2 Maryland team, by the way. I thought he was.
1: Oh, it was like the Ewing theory. He may have graduated the year prior. They had uh, one Dixon.
0: One Dixon. That's who it
1: was. Steve Blake.
0: Lonnie
1: Baxter.
0: Lonnie Baxter. Chris Wilcox. A squad. Yeah. That's a squad.
1: Yeah, they they would have annihilated everyone they played. But uh, <laughs> I do remember specifically the Kansas home game and the Texas home game that year yeah. that Yep. I mean they I think Cole Aldrich was on that Kansas team. They just completely annihilated him. Uh, yeah. self called off the dogs early. And the Texas <clears> game, I'll never forget it. I think I think you've talked about this on the blog before. Uh, the final play, there's like five seconds, ten seconds left. They get a steal. And Mm -hmm. Lucas throws it over his head without like he's, he's facing the goal and he throws it back behind him over his own head. And Joey Graham slammed it. And it was just, everyone rushed the floor and they had the trophy. And I was, I was in the student section on the floor for that game. I had to make sure I was close for that one. So that was, that was a moment that I I'll always remember as well. That was
0: the, uh, there was a, there was a, that, that was right around when ESPNU launched and there was a commercial. Um, marketing espnu and one of the one of the main plays on the commercial was that play was it really i don't remember that yeah yeah i remember i don't i don't know why that's so vivid in my memory but it it was it was one it had to be one of the all-time loudest that that arena has been especially since uh it was it was uh expanded in in the early or in uh what was it 2000 yeah Had to to win the title yeah, had had to be up there, uh, in terms of of all time, uh, all time noise in, inside GIA. But yeah, it was it was awesome to have Ivan on. We should we should uh, we should make it a goal to have every player from that <laughs> that 5 uh, team. The and go always,
1: through like the entire box scores of it the whole yeah, season. <laughs> yeah,
0: the guy the guy I always forget about is TC. Yeah, he was like a uh, he was like an all American in high school.
1: Yeah, he was an he's an Oklahoma legend. I mean, he went yeah. to Bishop McGinnis, and he unfortunately he like blew his knee out really bad his senior year. So like, we never got to see the full Terrence Crawford at OSU. It was it was a really bad knee injury. You remember he had that big knee brace and didn't have much hops when he got to OSU. But he was a high flyer in high school, so it was really unfortunate he got hurt uh, before. He, I think he might have got hurt while he was at OSU too. My 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 memory's a little fuzzy. Ivan probably could tell us, but. We didn't get to see a full version of Terrence Crawford too, and he was still a really good college player.
0: Yeah, he was. It. it, it I, this might be a revisionist history, but I think about those teams, and I think about the guys that were on those teams, and you look at the guys now, and they seem like <clears throat> they seem like kids compared to the to the guys on that team. Grown men. They were. They were. They were grown ass men. They were Marcel yeah. Aitmans. They were. I mean, Joey,
1: well, it's I, true. I mean, they are—they were all upperclassmen. Nowadays, yeah, you got— I know. You know. Jeffrey Carroll's the only upperclassman, really. Yeah, but 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 uh, does Carol,
0: does Carroll look like any of the guys on that team? Like Absolutely they just, not. They just <laughs> Tony Allen looked like
1: he was thirty-seven when
0: he. Was I in know, college. I know. Like, and this might be like because of the way that you and I have aged over the last fifteen years, but it just—I—I I don't know. There's something uh, different about the way I perceived those players yeah. i have a, play a i have
1: an I, I have an ivan mcfarland story by the way i didn't want to share it with him he, there's no chance he remembers this but are you ready for an, <laughs> an ivan mcfarland story
0: uh can we incorporate a coop elwerks ad with it
1: oh you bet you better believe it
0: <laughs> if coop Elworks existed in 2004 what kind of coop would ivan have drank
1: What's the uh, hardest working man's version of Coop? It's the briefcase brown, that.
0: briefcase. Brown. Okay,
1: it, and definitely he had briefcase brown, no doubt. So we'll we'll toast the briefcase brown to Ivan. Okay, let's set the scene here. I have a house in Stillwater. Uh, they played A and like a it was like a day game, and I think they 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 beat A and M. This was like. This was after the Final Four run. It might have been 0- 05, 06. When When did Ivan
0: graduate? Was he 04 was last year? He was 05. He was on the team. Okay. Uh, Suleim Stoudemire.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 05 the year after the Final Four. Um, So they play, and I go to this house party on 4th and West, which if any student at OSU knows exactly what house I'm talking about. It's like that Mrs. big mansion.
0: Mrs. Pistols lived there for a while. At the mansion house? 4th and West, yeah.
1: Yeah, with like the high doorways. yeah. The reason I remember the high doorways is, Franz. so the basketball team's there. Franz Stein is there leaning his forehead against the giant doorway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, party gets broken up. And so we go back to my house. And I guess word travels that we were throwing a party. And I was like, why not? Just bring it. And the whole basketball team shows up. And Ivan's right there. And Ivan comes in and introduces himself to me. I'm like, Ivan, you were just playing on that TV right there like a few hours ago. When did you guys get back? and he's like oh we just you know flew back or whatever and we ended up partying all night with the basketball team and, it, and they were super cool super nice didn't didn't take themselves too seriously nor did me and my friends even though we were like you know totally nerding out we tried to play it cool yeah but uh, that was my my night partying with the uh, the osu basketball team at my house it was a lot of fun and you, and ivan was the one i talked to the most so
0: yeah he's great he's he's incredibly nice and yeah i mean he gave us a ton of time today and it uh, sounds like you could have kept going. So we, we definitely appreciate yeah. that. Um, we need to we need to talk about our sponsors. We need to talk about uh, Chris's University Spirit. Well, let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop on campus corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com dot uh, I don't want to talk about Oklahoma State uniforms today, Carson, because I want to talk about uh, Kansas. Oklahoma State has Kansas in allen Fieldhouse on saturday morning 11 a.m kansas has worn some all-time unis in the past against oklahoma state um not every time but it seems like osu catches them when they're trying out some throwbacks or whatever what has been your favorite uh, ku uniform that you've seen over the last uh i don't know five or ten years
1: uh, it's not the cursive one that Embiid wore. That was like gray with the cursive. I, I do like, I do like that one. They're, you know, you're right. They, they're all great. And it seems like they always bust them out against OSU for some reason. They're the poor team that has to uh, get that. I think it's yeah. the throwback they wore last year and are, are wearing again this year where it's like the old block Kansas on the front with the it's, red numbers. It's so good. It's, and and like just just wear that every i mean i i do like their traditional uniforms like the paul pierce era numbers nick collison era numbers that they still wear today but man you could almost just wear throwbacks full-time couldn't you and those are just tremendous
0: yeah it it was the thomas robinson team um and they had the the shorts have like the uh block red and blue down the side oh i'm looking at thomas right now yep it's it's awesome it's unbelievable it can't be done any better
1: but I I do like their traditional uh, Kansas font and Kansas numbers. It's very unique. I like uniqueness. I like to have your own thing. I think OSU's starting to do that with their football numerals. They're using for basketball yeah. as well. But yeah. I, I love the old school Kansas numerals that that date back to like those those great Pierce teams and early '90s.
0: Yeah, the Jacques Vaughn, Paul Pierce. Those are some. I mean, those like
1: I, iconic shorts.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you remember when like. Uh, East Bay used to come out and you and you'd look and see like which which shorts they oh, were selling. Dude.
1: Yeah, everyone had to get the shorts for uh, Cage Camp at uh, yeah. in Edmonds. And it... <laughs> yeah, whoever and it the was... coolest shorts was, like you knew if a guy showed up rocking the the Kansas shorts, he was probably pretty good.
0: And it was always the uh, yeah, the Kansas ones are awesome. They, God, they've worn some good throwbacks. I'm looking at them now. The Curse of Jayhawks with the like all white. Uh, with just kind of the blue outline of the Jayhawk down the side is unbelievable. Um, yeah. there's some good ones. Yep. So I yeah, like the gray game. one.
1: I don't like the gray pinstripe one. It's a little too a D to Z,
0: but <laughs> big game on Saturday, Oklahoma state. That would be their biggest win in a while. And, they're I'm training in the, in, in the wrong direction. I mean, they they lose to TCU on Tuesday, and that was sort of a game that if you're looking at the rest of the schedule, that's that's kind of a must win, which sounds crazy because TCU is pretty good. like They're top 25 on Ken Palm, but everybody else in the Big 12 is pretty good too, and most of the teams you're going to play are better, and you're at home. And they got, they got to be pretty good. So not looking great for uh, NCAA tournament. Still a lot of basketball left. Um, yeah, I was there. Did you want my report? Yeah. I forgot you were there. Let's, let's chat. Um,
1: you know, I told you I wanted to sit kind of those seats that hover over the floor, the the first section or whatever. Uh, I I did get in that section, not quite like front row or second row or whatever, but I found a row Kyle and I'm sure people know about this. that sit in that section, but I had no idea, but you know, the, I'm talking, I guess the 200 section down low, down to where it kind of hangs over. There's a row that's like, Three times the size, the aisle is three times the size of every other. You know how those seats are kind of cramped at Gallagher Iba. The, the seat yeah. in front of you is real yeah. close. This had like a wide, like you could have rolled like a wheelchair down it. It was so wide. I was like, this is my row right here. So I sat there and I was like, man, they they should charge like triple for this. I have all the leg room in the world. Uh, there wasn't anybody around me. It was great. But uh, I didn't know, didn't even know that row existed. I'm sure people that go to games know know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> that was that was new to me because I don't normally sit up in the stands. And then I also stumbled upon Doug Gottlieb's 1999 statistical champion plaque in the bowels of Gallagher Did that, you see me tweet that, that picture yeah, out? Yeah,
0: that that was amazing.
1: Like I I like I wasn't like snooping around. I was doing my job. I don't really want to divulge where it is because someone could easily just take it. Uh, but I wasn't exactly snooping around, and it was just sitting there, and I was like why is this here why did you know doug was in stillwater took a picture of mike boynton recently it's like why don't they send this to him why is it just sitting in this random place it was bizarre uh doug, i think doug wanted me to swipe it for him but i didn't really want to steal from osu so i let it i let it lie i let him <laughs> deal with that
0: uh well i want to hear about like what actually happened on the court but let's hear one more time from our sponsor oh, chris's, okay. chris's university spirit And we'll come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Noblock on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Uh, okay, Carson. So, uh, wide seats, Black. plaque. <laughs> what, did, what did the actual team look like?
1: Uh, it looked like they couldn't score. I mean, the, the most bizarre thing of the whole night was – post game like cam mcgriff basically comes out and says they had no energy and weren't ready to play and and mark cooper was like well when did this team meeting happen he's like oh it was pregame. pre-game like, oh you knew before the game that you didn't have any energy he's like yeah so it was it was weird that a game that was an absolute must win against a, a winnable opponent they just i guess weren't ready to play which i i agree with to an extent but it's also i just don't think osu's very good, either. I just, I think TCU's outplayed them more so than they just didn't have energy or whatever. But
0: yeah, I mean, it, and we've talked about this a lot. It goes back to recruiting. You know, can can Boynton get some guys? Yeah,
1: and I asked him about that. Like, you know, I was like Mike. You know, I think everyone here's eager to see what kind of recruiter you're going to be as a head coach. And I know you've been out on the road because he mentioned they they weren't practicing the next day, so he's going to go recruit. So he brought it up. I was like, what, what's their reception been like? And he, he, he gave a really good answer, and it seems as if it's been positive. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see who he lands and how good they'll be. I know they have those two transfers coming in, right? The Michael Weathers kid I think they're probably most excited about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about – is the Indiana guy? He won't be eligible until spring next year, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's like uh, Yankuba Sima. Uh he, yeah. He'll be eligible at the beginning of 2019. Like Glennon Alexander? Yeah, I think he was a spring guy too. He might he might still be in prison. He was in prison for a while. Yeah, he was a great player though. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm referring to. It's a great. He he might be the most underrated three point shooter in Oklahoma State history.
1: Didn't you look it up? And his percentage wasn't that good. Eh, I'm not. In I
0: think the it's numbers. like one of
1: those where one of those where our memory is more fond than the, the numbers say. Kind of like Joey, Joe Atkins, like his. Three-point percentage, didn't you look that up? Our our childhood memories, <laughs> they shot like 48% in our mind from
0: three. Uh, Gunn uh, and Alexander, the opposite is true. 1999, woo! 2000. How about woo! this? 99, 2000. I'm looking 40, it up. 40, 44% from three. Is that good? Yeah, that's that's the best. Although I think
1: Sean Sutton may have the record for best three-point percentage. We we've we've talked about this before, but that forty four is lights out. That Glendon was a sharpshooter. He was awesome. Another guy who hurt his knee too. Um, see Joe Atkins never shot above thirty five percent from three.
0: Glendon Alexander was eighty for a hundred and eighty one in two thousand. <laughs> he was awesome. So I, I guess our memories were were one hundred percent accurate then. Yeah. And they just took so many fewer threes back then. You know, like it, it, it's uh, – I'll, I'll look at this team. I bet there are a couple guys on this team who have already taken 183s. I might be wrong about that. No, know, but
1: you're right. The game's totally changed. Um, probably need to wrap is, up soon. I'm, I'm looking up Sean Sutton's box scores yeah, in college, is, so I probably should is wrap super,
0: this up. This is super entertaining. Uh, Jeffrey Curl's taken 110, so he'll get to 180. Dizzy's taken uh, uh, ninety nine, so he, he might plays. get there. So I guess Glendon took a lot. Yeah, Glenn- yeah, yeah, and
1: and I I did disagree with one of Boone's uh, five thoughts after the game. That reminds me, um, they can't put oh, Desogu on, on the floor. He, he literally couldn't cover you or me. And as soon as they put him on the floor, <laughs> TC put him in pick and rolls and drove to the rim, and he fouled, and it was a total disaster. So I I understand the allure of. Wanting to get more shooting on there because they can't score at all. But whatever he gains on one end, he gives back tenfold on the other. And I think uh, it was patently obvious that you just could not put him out there anymore. And, and Boynton didn't. Yeah.
0: But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Thomas Desagua could guard me. I don't know about you, but he could guard me.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm not very quick laterally, but I just don't don't think it would matter. <laughs>
0: Okay, right, Carson, um, what are you doing this weekend?
1: Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, we got a post-game show for Thunder Lakers on Channel 5. The game's on ABC, so we'll be doing a post-game show. And then I'll be hoping the GOAT, Tom Brady, adds one for the, uh, one for the thumb. Or wait, one for the one other for hand. The,
0: one for the other ring finger.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's already got five, so I'm hoping he wins his sixth, which would be just incredible. And uh, I can't wait to watch it.
0: Yeah, me either. Should be fun. Uh, thanks again to Ivan McFarlane. He was fantastic. We had a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, if if you're on the 0405 team, hit us up. Come on the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll get the box scores ready.
0: <laughs> All right, Carson. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right. See ya.